630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right. Friday evening edition of 630 Chad Inside Sports. One week away from Christmas Day. One hour left for me and the host chair as well. As uh, Reed Wilkins will be back on Monday. Been a fun week. Been a busy week. Been an ever-changing week. The uh, it, it sure beats uh, what we've been talking about, you know, with the NHL, you know, maybe the last two, three weeks. It's, oh, still waiting. Nothing new. They're not talking. Eh, they're still squabbling over money, that sort of thing. Blah, 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 blah. But uh, we have, it's not concrete. But when you get to this point, you got to think there's enough momentum to carry it through. But uh, Elliot Friedman got the ball rolling from Sportsnet saying that a tentative agreement been reached by the NHL and the NHL Players Association for a January 13th start. Now, what's hanging out What's hanging out there right now uh, for the Canadian teams is will there be a Canadian division? And there's some reports that say for sure there will be one. And there's reports that are more cautionary that say there's going to be conversations throughout the weekend between the league and the health authorities in uh, Canada and the provinces where the teams play, and there'll be a big meeting apparently on Monday. So maybe something could get sorted out before then, or maybe it takes until Monday, and this won't be voted on for a few days. The NHL executive board of the uh, NHLPA, I should say, uh, they're meeting, uh, they met at 6 o'clock Edmonton time. Don't know if they're still meeting. I'm sure this is probably going to take a while. And then the uh, NHL Board of Governors will hold a meeting and could vote by this weekend, but that could be uh, that could be a bit of ways off too, as far as maybe a day or two or three or somewhere in that range. But as players coming back from Europe and the Oilers, GSA uh, Puliyarvi, and the next player that's been playing over in Europe and he's been playing in his native Finland, he is on his way back to Edmonton to get ready for training camp, which would tentatively start on January the third. Well, I, I'm always happy for good people when good people get opportunities. Uh, I've known this uh, individual probably for, well, I would say 15 years or so. Uh, he's worked in Edmonton, then he moved to Toronto, then he's been moving about, uh, kind of was a, a bit of a, you know, kind of wondering what he was going to do. And then the Winnipeg Jets come calling and he was the host of Jets TV. And now he's the color voice of Winnipeg Jets hockey on our sister station, CJOB Radio in Winnipeg, it's my buddy, Jamie Thomas. Jamie, congratulations, man. I'm so happy for you. Uh, you know, first off, is uh, Wilkins at home watching the last episode of Mandalorian? Is that what's why he's off tonight? or is that okay? Oh, I'm sure he is. <laughs> yes, well, you know, there's, there's two things this week. Uh, yeah. Mandalorian, I'm sure. He's been doing a lot of yeah. reading. We've been doing this thing on our website called Read, Re- Reads Reads, which he's oh, profiling okay. the number of books that he has in his collection that he you know, has been, yeah. uh, has been, you know, reading or has read over the years. And of course right. he's a big Star Trek discovery fan. Like I am. So oh. he's probably, he probably watched that. Okay. Okay. You, you, yeah. like, you happy, like Star Trek? I'm happy for him. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm on the fence with it. Uh, when they rebooted the movies, and of course, when I was a kid, man, like I, of course I watched Star Trek on television. That was like a, and I saw the movies like Wrath of Khan is one of my favorite movies ever. And, uh, but I was never one the, the, like the spin-off series. I never won. I never went into that. So I've I've been a kind of Star Wars only guy uh, for the longest time. But I do respect the, the newer movies and of course Captain Kirk, you know, the, from the old days and stuff like that. So, uh, but uh, Discovery, I haven't got on that train yet. Maybe I will. We have a little bit of time here to kill before the season actually starts. 
You see, I, I feel a little weird at times, or like yeah. maybe not weird. Well, you know, some people call me weird, um, and I don't blame them. But uh, Dude, we're, they're, we're they're always working. You have to be weird. That that is true. Normals <laughs> are sitting on a dryer. Um, That's right. But. <laughs> but there, there's there, there's this faction that if you love Star Wars, you don't like Star Trek. I if know. you like Star Trek, you don't like Star Wars. I like them both yeah. equally. I I'm just weird that way, I guess. No, I, I think you just respect both. They're both they're both good series, clearly, because they're still going after all this time. So I don't think there's anything wrong with either one of us. They always try to pit one against one another, and I've never been a part of that. I've never been that. I hate Star Trek. Uh, but I, I agree with you. There is those groups of people that, uh, that like one or the other. I'm a fence sitter. I like both. I appreciate both because they take your mind off things, and that's all that really matters. But uh, all, great all great characters, all great series. So you can't go wrong either way. No question, no question about it. Well, it looks like you're going to have some games to call, hopefully, on uh, you yeah. know, starting January 13th and beyond. I know it's just tentative right now, but uh, this has been a long, long wait, even though it hasn't been as long as the pause was after you know everything shut down because of COVID. But yeah. it's been a long wait to get to this point, and it looks like, and I don't know, I think when you get to this point where I know there's a lot of things that have to be ironed out still, Canadian division being yeah. one of them, but I can't see the momentum being stopped here. No, I think like this. This is for real. What's going on tonight? All, all that I think has to is kind of really standing in the way is whatever they're trying to figure out with the provincial governments and the health, the health sectors and and the like like that. But I, I think they've made a lot of headway. Um, I'm the same as you. We've been you and I have been through so many lockouts, buddy. Like we're we are. <laughs> Like we're exhausted of this. They've talked. They're talking conversation. I always feel bad for the insiders because it is their job to let us know what's happening, um, and they have to tell us that nothing's happening all the time. So, uh, for the fact that we actually have some news that they've agreed on something is fantastic. Uh, I'm glad they got over that financial hurdle there for a little bit, and now they got to figure out the taxi squad, which they have, and how that's all going to work. It's very complicated. Uh, what happens if there's an outbreak? Yeah. We've all, you know, some of us have seen what the NBA has done with their protocols of COVID. It's very, uh, let's say, restrictive in some ways, and as it should be, um, as we as we work our way through this pandemic. But man, it, it sounds like they're onto something here. 56 games. I, I still think January 13th. You know, after all this time, is still a little might be pushing it. But I guess how long do you really have to have training camp for? I think you can still have a week and still be okay and get going. It's going to be a little crazy at the start of the year. Uh, if it is an all-Canadian division, man, it's going to get nuts right away. <laughs> it's like just reminds me of, remember that one year they came out of the lockout and the Oilers played the Canucks three times in a row, that one, I think it was 05-06, yeah. uh, when they yeah. had the eight games against the division. I remember specifically that three <laughs> games against the Canucks. I'm like, this is the stupidest schedule I've ever seen. Now I'm kind of looking at it and going, this is not a bad idea going forward because of how much money it costs to travel. Uh, whatever works, if it's going to be a baseball schedule to get this done, I'm on board with it. Uh, I give credit to anybody and everybody that is trying to get this together and get hockey going because we, uh, we all miss the game and we're all ready to go here. Yeah, no question. I mean, Canadian Division would be, mm. I mean, we've been talking about it since round three of the Stanley Cup playoffs, for goodness yeah. sakes. That's how, I think this is when it started. So, Please don't yeah. take it away. That's all I got to say. I know I understand the health and safety trumps everything. I understand totally. that. But uh, yeah. 
you know, I think I think the NHL, I hope they can sell a plan that, look, we have a protocol that even if we want to travel in our own buildings or travel yeah. around and play in our own buildings, that we do have a protocol to keep the players from the public. And I think because we're so strict up here, and I'm not I'm not knocking how strict we are, I think it's it's better than Florida, obviously, that says, you know, just wear a mask, but everyone yeah, cram into a bar or in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Come to Dolphins games, please. Come on in. Don't worry about it. I know. A, <laughs> the, the NBA and the NHL at least are making sense of everything, right? So, uh, and I, yeah. I, I've appreciated everything that's gone up about, uh, you know, up on the nor- north of the border. Uh, they're trying their best to keep us safe, uh, save us from each other, basically, and sometimes. But uh, I think the players and the guys that travel with the team are all tested every day. I'm not going to get into the politics and the semantics of all this stuff, but they're they're pretty safe. Um, I know there's a lot more complications to that, and let's not get into that discussion. But I think the NHL is going to figure this out with the government, and uh, hopefully we can get this all Canadian division. Because, listen, the bubble is one thing. It's expensive, and playing north south of the border, to me, is the craziest of all the ideas, and I don't think there's a whole lot of people on board with that idea. So hopefully we can figure this out and get this all Canadian division. Because, man, can you imagine about halfway through the year, these are there's gonna be a lot of teams that really don't like each other finally right and uh, oh. it's it's gonna be some great hockey um we've been looking forward to this if they have to play each other in the in the playoffs you know like you've already played nine games against each other or whatever it's going to turn out to be and then you got to play in a playoff round series please bring it on i'll, I'll have more put it into my veins i'll take it um it, it's going to be yeah. very electric to watch if this once this gets going or if it gets going you know when 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 you pull people about give me your top seven for the Canadian division. We all agree on one thing. The Senators will be the seventh out of seven teams, (laughs) even though they'll be better. Yeah. yeah, But, like, the Oilers are, you know, I've seen second, I've seen sixth, and same with the Jets. I've seen them. No, I haven't seen them first very much. If at all, I think Toronto is the consensus. The late, the Maple Leafs are the consensus. But where do you see the Jets right now? If we have that Canadian division and and uh, the, the prospects for them, I mean, having the Vesna Trophy winner helps as well. In in, in Connor Hellebuck, that's a good start. Yeah, it's a great start, and too, I think because uh, it's been so long that people forget that Paul Stastny's were brought back, right? And it's uh, that kind of solidifies your second line without Brian Little in the fold right now, and really helps out a power play. It, it gives you two options. Uh, you can move some people around to give you two solid units, and then Lauren Brassois, of course. Uh, a former Edmonton Oiler is going to be counted on as every backup goaltender is going to be this year. And uh, he, mm-hmm. because of all the back-to-backs that are going to, I assume that are going to happen, there's going to be a lot of free games at four nights. And if we're trying to do the math here of how much time we have to get 56 games in before uh, May and you want to get the playoffs in, he's going to be counted on a lot too. And I think he really found his game last year as well. There's familiarity with uh, Lauren Bressois, uh with the Jets too. So uh, same guys, the blue line is a little, a little bit better than it was a year ago. A lot of guys, are more settled in. Uh, Neil Pionk's got another year of being on the number one power play and had a great year last year. Josh Morris, he's got another name in his, you know, year in his belt. Derek Forbert, who uh, played with the Los Angeles Kings. You bring in Dave Lowry, that is an excellent penalty-killing kind of mind that will help the Jets out in that department. So I, I like them at least, I'm thinking top four here. Um, third place, yeah. 
but there's so many unknowns with the Canadian teams this year. Like Oilers can score. Have they fixed their back end? Canucks, what are they going to do? Like, are they better after losing Markstrom? Are the Flames going to be better? Like, there's so many unknowns here. Uh, I agree with you. We have no idea outside of Ottawa how this is all going to shake out. But I do think that Montreal is going to be a lot better than people think after the way they kind of finish things out. But I am excited to see how this shakes out. It's going to get crazy. Uh, I don't. I'm not thinking fighting is going to go up like some people are saying. But it, there's going to be a lot of emotion with or without fans in the building, and whatever, however that shakes out as well. And just to add to this, Elliot Friedman just tweeting uh, about four minutes ago, playoffs will be top four in each division. Each division <laughs> produces a champion for the Stanley yeah. Cup semifinals. So if there is a Canadian team or Canadian division, that guarantees a Canadian team in the final four. Uh, national networks are, are not jumping up and down at all of, about that prospect. Uh, no. Wink, wink. <laughs> what, a, what a horrible idea that is. <laughs> After all, <laughs> if, this is, if, if there's going to be a time to end the no Canadian team winning a Stanley Cup, this is the best chance to have it happen right. the way that, that that's that playoff format shakes out so uh it it like this is however that every every league that has pulled this off right now and whatever the idea is like it's fascinating how this has all happened and there's so many people that said the nfl were going to be able to pull it off i had no doubts there's just too much money on the line the nhl has to get this season in because they have that yeah. u.s television deal they're trying to figure out there is no way they don't want to get this in they got to get it in before the olympics start it is there's business as usual. It has to get done because there's a lot of money coming up with this. It's not going to be NBA, Major League Baseball slash type dollars, but man, it's going to be a lot more than they're getting right now. So uh, that this season has to get done one way or the other. And if it's uh, north, south of the border, whatever, it's something that it, it's going to get done. Jamie Thomas, color analyst for the Winnipeg Jets, a broadcast on CJOB Radio in Winnipeg, joining us here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Care, last minute or two here, I've got to ask you about a couple of NFL issues uh, or yeah. questions I have in my head. Uh, yes. So, AFC, let's clear it up. The Chiefs are, are far and away the best team. They're the best team in the league, right? Yeah, like I used to think for the longest time, of course, Pittsburgh was, you know, the best 11 0 team, but there was a lot of smoke and mirrors going on. I have never seen a team dropped so many passes throughout the a season, especially the last three or four weeks. Ridiculous. Poor Ben Roethlisberger. Poor, like, you have to feel the guy comes off a horrible injury last year, is healthy, has these electric group of receivers, but they can't hold on to the football. It is it is awful to watch, but Kansas City is by far, like, uh, you know, the, the, like, there's some pretenders in the conference. It's just them. There's, you know, I thought the Dolphins gave them a good run for the money last weekend, but you really see what happens when you don't have weapons on your offense, which is what Tua Tagovailoa the world does not have right now. Uh, and then you see Patrick Mahomes with all the guys he works with. So to me, it's no question. It is the Kansas City Chiefs coming out of the, out of the AFC. There's, there's no way anybody stops them at this point. Okay. Okay, NFC. Uh, Drew Brees is coming back for the Saints against the Chiefs mm -hmm. this weekend. They, they won't have Michael Thomas, though, the top receiver. That being yeah. said, who's the best team in the NFC, the Saints or the Packers? Oh, like, uh, I think what they've done, in, like, the fact that Aaron Rodgers went in the 16th round of our fantasy draft this year just says <laughs> how many people completely wrote that guy off this year. It's just yeah. gross, right? And then uh, I think they've kind of turned things around. 
in a, in a good way. Um, but with Drew Brees coming back, all of a sudden that changes things for Alvin Kamara, who was not Taysom Hill was not using the best weapon in that offense at all. And that completely changes with Drew Brees without with or without Michael Thomas. They're still a very good football team, but I just, I just like what's going on uh, with, with the saints. So I think the saints are going to be in the Super Bowl this year or are going to come out of the NFC. So, but we'll see. But with Drew Brees healthy, there's and you have the best running back in that conference. I think there's been a lot of and a, and a half decent defense with the Saints. I think New Orleans has got what it takes to get it done. Here's a not so bold prediction from me. I'm not a Tampa sure. Bay Bucks fan because Tom Brady moved yeah. from my Patriots to the Bucks. I'm still a Patriots yeah. fan, but I do respect yeah. Tom Brady. I always will. Uh, Bruce Arians is going to get fired at the end of the year. I totally agree with you. Is there is there anybody more overrated than Bruce Arians right now? I've seen too many situations. Like with Jameis Winston had his his opportunity. Uh, I I just think if they if, if Tampa doesn't do what they were set out to do, he's going to lose his job because I think we yeah. I think we've had this, we've had some uh, smoke pulled or shown in our face and some wool pulled over our eyes because I thought Bruce Arians was an offensive genius and I've I've been proven wrong time and time again. Yeah, it's a battle of egos, and Tom Brady's is going to win. So that's the way it's going to go. <laughs> it, it, it's just flat out that it's like you have all you have all those weapons. How are they not? That's what I don't get. Like he, Tom Brady has more weapons this year on one side of the football field than he had in New England for the last two. Seasons. So I don't know how they're not doing more on the offensive side of the ball. It is it is baffling to me, especially with the quarterback of his. And he he's too smart. I know you you need wild. You know they didn't have training camp, didn't have preseason games. Tom Brady doesn't need all that stuff. I've seen it too many years. Uh, for whatever guy he has, he finds a way to get things done. The fact that they're not clicking right now. That's that's everything on Bruce Arians. I agree with you 100%. Um, Byron Leftwich, I know, is the offensive coordinator, and I know Tom Brady broke rules to go see him this, the, the, during the offseason, but there's no way that team should not be better than they are right now. Buddy, great to talk to you again. Congrats on the on the gig with uh, being in the color analyst for Jets games on uh, our sister station, CGOB. So we're kind of in the family now, so uh, that, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, man, and we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch, okay? Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, buddy. Uh, all the best to you and your family in, in, the, in the Christmas season and the, the new year. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we're traveling because I haven't seen my buddies in Edmonton in a long time. I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys again. Yeah, no question. Take care, Jamie. Okay, all the best to you, buddy. Jamie Thomas from uh, CJOB Radio in Winnipeg, the new color voice of Jets broadcast on our sister station in Winnipeg. That is awesome. All right, after the news break, we will uh, flush out and review some of the details surrounding the uh, tentative agreement by the NHL and the Players Association for a January 13th start to the 2020, do that again, 2020-2021 season. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and also uh, talk a little bit about uh, CFL free agency. And uh, I've been asked a lot about what's the Edmonton football team doing right now when I, I'm looking around the CFL and seeing all these teams re-signing their players. Well, I'll flush that out in a moment. Campbell in for Wilkins on 630 Jet Inside Sports. Final half hour of the week here on 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins who will return on Monday at 6.05. Uh, thanks to Reed for joining me about an hour ago to talk about the uh, tentative agreement, which was first reported, uh, I would say, a couple hours ago by Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet that a tentative, a tentative agreement has been reached between the NHL and the Players Association on a 
January 13th start training camps beginning for the uh, seven teams that didn't make the return to play uh, or didn't make the playoffs last year and the uh, return to play. Uh, they would start December 30th, January 3rd for everybody else, including the Edmonton Oilers. No exhibition games. You just have a camp and just play. And several players, uh, European NHL players, players that are in Europe, like the many Oiler players who uh, got a, the, who were assigned by the team, uh, the prospects, because there's uh, there's no major junior going on right now in Canada. Even the Quebec League that started on time, uh, they've been uh, hit by a, a number of COVID outbreaks and the restrictions in Quebec uh, forced that league to shut down and the maritime portion is also shut down. But there's... Uh, there's no major league going on right now, and there's no American Hockey League season, and they hope to get started in February. So a lot of those players are coming back. You know, yes, Apuliarvi's coming back from uh, Finland. So coming back, you have quarantine, and then you're ready to go for uh, for a training camp. So what has to be decided right now is uh, the Canadian division. Will there be one, or will there or will there not be one? And it seems like there's some headway being made. But there might be, it might be a little uneven right now. Uh, Quebec, well, first we'll start in Alberta. It, it does seem like there is maybe a pathway that they would allow definitely a bubble. Maybe they wouldn't, or they, they'd be okay with the protocols without a bubble. Now, that being said, I mean, they, they let the Alberta Junior Hockey League play for a while. Uh, in a, a regular season for a couple of weeks before they had to shut down because of the uh, previous restrictions before the ones that are in place now and they did have some trouble in the south division with outbreaks but really the uh, the problem was for the uh, the alberta junior hockey league who uh, had some success in the north division for a couple of weeks as far as the you know the control of the virus um they couldn't play because of the current protocols just made it untenable for them to play and they're going to try and play in january but they did allow travel uh, you know within the region so north played north south played south so it seems like there might be a little bit of a pathway to let the nhl the two nhl teams the oilers and the calgary flames do that they do like the bubble concept the problem is the nhl doesn't like the bubble concept manitoba seems pretty uh, comfortable with the plan for the winnipeg jets ontario lisa mcleod the uh, minister of sport and tourism said they would like to see the maple leafs and the senators play in their own building and in Quebec, the sentiment is the same for the Montreal Canadiens. They would like to see them play in their own building. The issue seems to be British Columbia, who were the strictest of all the provinces who were considered for the bubble. So it was Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. And it looked like Vancouver was going to be one of the bubble cities, along with Vegas. And then, unfortunately, the... The province just said, well, unfortunately for the NHL, I mean, you can debate whether they were right or not for the stance, but they basically said, look, our protocols have to take, um, have to overarch what the NHL protocol is. So if, if there was a positive case during a series, we have to shut the series down. The NHL says, no, we have this protocol. Our protocols say if we quarantine them for a certain time and then test them, that they can return to play. And they were like, nope, we're not comfortable with that. So they had to move out and... There, you know, we know what happened. Edmonton and Toronto were the two host cities. So that has to be sorted out. So Monday is the big meeting between the Canadian Health Authority and the Federal Health Authority. 
and I'm sure the provincial ones will be involved in that. And I'm sure there's discussions going on over the weekend. So an NHL Board of Governors call should happen this weekend or will happen this weekend. NHL uh, Players Association Executive Board meeting uh, going on right now. I don't believe it. it's wrapped up. Haven't seen that. Okay, here we go. Here's a bit of a uh, update from Pierre Lebrun of TSN and the Athletic. NHL's Board of Governors call and vote will be either Sunday or Monday. Okay, so there you go. So things will happen. I, I'm, in I'm in agreement with Jamie Thomas. I'm in agree, agreement with a lot of people that are saying, I still don't know if January 13th is going to be the day. And I think I agree with that wholeheartedly. So Pierre Lebrun uh, reporting the vote could happen Sunday or Monday from the NHL. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. I don't know who uh, left this text because, oh, it's Jason, sorry. This is amusing. How long would it take to set up an ice surface at a Costco? You can still have 500 people in there. Hmm, but would they consider that socially distanced enough? I haven't been in the Costco for a while, but uh, Angie maybe can help me. We got Angie Quinnell on the board, um, our technical producer tonight. Hello, Angie. Hello, Dave. Have you been in a, in a Costco lately? I haven't. I am so sad about okay. this. <laughs> okay. Yes, I, I am too. Kind of. I am too. Although, uh, well, in normal years it would be a zoo in there. It can't really be a zoo there now. Um, but if I'm correct, I remember. The uh, the clothing area is in the middle and the seasonal area is in the middle. So you probably yeah. have to take that out. But I still don't think that would be regulation ice. But, you know, maybe it's half ice. I don't know what it would be. I don't know how many probably people. Probably wouldn't work. How many people could fit at West Ed, though? Because there is a rink right there. That is true. That is true. They have to be 15% of fire code, though. So <laughs> okay. whatever that number is. But you can still probably line the rink with... Uh, uh, you know, if, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of socially distanced people. I would, I think that would work. I just wonder if that's as big as a Costco. Kind of compare. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> We're gonna have to compare square footage now. <laughs> right. Okay, Angie. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so, I, I certainly hope there's a Canadian. Now, what we do know is that it looks like it'll be. For the uh, for the playoffs, which has been rumored for a while, so if there's a Canadian division, you would have the top four play each other like the old days in the Smythe division, the Adams division, the Norris division, the 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 Patrick division. So that would guarantee a Canadian team in the final four, which I think uh, obviously NHL and Rogers would be giddy for for sure. Absolutely. Uh, practice roster, practice roster, football guy speaking. Uh, the taxi squad would be four to six players. So 23 man rosters, four to six extra players you can have that would be on AHL salary. And if they get into a game, they would get an NHL salary. So it would work like two way contracts. And uh, I did read from Frank Saravalli as well from TSN that there is talk about the option of switching out those players. So, you don't run the risk of a player uh, potentially sitting on that taxi squad and not seeing a game. 
and making a prorated NHL or AHL salary because that's what it would be if there is an American Hockey League season, for example, be you know rumor is maybe forty games starting in early February, and it would be totally prorated, unlike what we're seeing in the NHL where they would get I think it's seventy two percent of their salary this year. So it would be, you know, it wouldn't be so good for American Hockey League players because the money would be uh, smaller compared to most years. And it's, you know, compared to an NHL contract, obviously, it's it's really small, be much, much smaller. So there's talk about that. There's talk about uh, if if someone opts out, you can toll that contract or you can say, so for example, if you have one year left on your deal, the club can either retain that year or just say that year has been expired and that player potentially could become a free agent. And I think that's pretty much it right now. So the latest news that we got from Pierre Lebrun is uh, a board of governors vote will happen from the NHL probably have believe the NHLPA executive board is still meeting. And I would imagine that for a while. 60063. Take a time out when we come back, talk about the Canadian World Junior Team. They named our captains. We'll talk about the uh, positive COVID cases that happened for uh, really, uh, it's really ravaged Germany and a little bit with Sweden. And we'll talk about uh, the CFL, the re-signing period for teams and why is the Edmonton football team so quiet? Toronto Raptors playing their final preseason game in their temporary home of Tampa, Florida at Emily Arena, home of the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Carol Lowry scoring 25 points in a 117-105 loss to the Miami Heat. And uh, it's pretty cool. The... Uh, Raptors 2019 NBA championship banner uh, banners hanging from the uh, Raptors. There are 1,400 people at the game. The Raptors will allow 3,800 fans, which, uh, <laughs> you know, it's basically a neutral site game every game, but maybe they can get a bit of a foothold in the market. Uh, but 3,800 fans socially distanced uh, can be allowed in the arena. Uh, this uh, text comes in. Uh, it is from Greaser. If a store can have 15% of fire code, why can't we have 15% of fans? Makes no sense. Well, then maybe that's the next thing, right? Maybe, and that's where the NHL, I think, would like to go eventually is, uh, and that's the next step. I mean, you have to have something that's scalable. So there's going to be no fans to start in any arena, I believe, or most arenas. And then you build off of that. In Canada, for sure, there will be no fans. And then maybe midway through the season, maybe you can allow a certain number of fans, maybe by playoffs, you can allow maybe a bit more. But um, yeah, I, I think that's where the league would like to get to. Uh, this text from Gina, would the Canadian teams have to stay in the U.S. the entire season? They wouldn't be allowed to come back into Canada at all until the season is completed. I think the start for sure, there would be uh, the Canadian teams would have to be in the U.S. You know, at some point, if, uh, if, the situation with COVID-19 settles down, then there might be a pathway back for Canadian teams to go back. And here's the thing too, is that you have a schedule to start the season and then maybe have a schedule, uh, an incomplete schedule at the end and that gets filled in down the road, depending on what's happening with the environment. 
World Junior Hockey Championships beginning Christmas Day here in the bubble at Ed in Edmonton, Rogers Place. Uh, the quarantine ended for Canada today. And some pretty exciting news for uh, Kirby Doc, Bowen Byram, and Dylan Cousins as they were named team captains. Kirby Doc of the Chicago Blackhawks is the captain. They, uh, those, those three people were unveiled by Connor McDavid, who appeared on the video board during practice today. Uh, not a good day for uh, Germany, their team inside the bubble. And I think there's going to be questions about how did this happen. But eight of their players tested positive for COVID-19. So that means their two preliminary games are gone. They can't play those games anymore. Uh, two Swedish players tested positive. They're eligible to, uh, or their quarantine period will end after Monday. So they can carry on and play their preliminary game potentially. And they would play Canada that game. Saskatchewan Rough Riders releasing a very good Canadian D lineman, Zach Evans, the Regina native, two-time Grey Cup champion, playing eight CFL seasons with the Riders and Ottawa Red Blacks. Evans signed with the Rough Riders in 2012 as a territorial junior after playing with the Regina Thunder Junior Football Club. Uh, was due a bonus next month of $350,000. No, uh, it was a hefty bonus. I think I have to... Look that up again. I don't think it was three fifty. No, I think it was somewhere in the range of fifty thousand, actually. It, which leads me to uh, a lot of people saying, "Why is the Edmonton football team so quiet?" Scott Milanovic, head coach of the Double uh, E, on the Double E Coaches Show on Monday, uh, Morley asked him, "What's what's happening behind the scenes?" And Milanovic said, "I know Brock Sunderland, our GM, is working hard." I don't know how close they are, uh, but I, I know he's been talking to guys. Brock and I, uh, we had a discussion Saturday and Friday and, and I think even Thursday. And then I met with the coaches um, on the whole free agent thing. And I think that was Wednesday just to get them kind of kind of in the role. So I know the discussions have started. Um, you know, we'd like to be able to announce 20 signings here in the first week. But as long as you get them done by February, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think not necessarily the uh, best thing to do to rush into these things right now. So um, I think Brock's doing a good job. He's talking to those agents, and, and uh, you know, we'll get to the bottom of it. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of teams re-sign their players, and the Edmonton football team has been very quiet. I can tell you behind the scenes there's a lot going on. Um, what has to happen first is, and, and we've seen it with the BC Lions restructuring Mike Riley's contract. We've seen it with the Montreal Alouettes restructuring Vernon Adams contract is that what, that's what's happening now is that you have to approach your players under contract already and go to your, your bigger name players or, or your players that are making the most money and say, you know, can we restructure your deal? And I do believe there's, uh, I, I do believe that I've heard from a source that says that Trevor Harris will restructure his contract. So you get that done. And if you set the high bar, then it kind of tells you what's left in your budget. Now, teams are going to have to roll back salaries by half a million to 600,000 to maybe a bit more. So what happened with Zach Evans today isn't necessarily a big surprise. I can tell you David Beard, the center, starting center of the Double E has a bonus due next month as well. So that'll be interesting. Anyone who's due a roster bonus, um, that's going to be an interesting decision. Now, Mike Riley, that's where the 350 comes in. He got a $350,000 signing bonus yesterday for restructuring his deal, which tells a lot of people that there's going to be a season. I think there'll be a season as well. 
I don't know if it'll start mid-May. I could see it starting later in the summer. I could see it starting around Labor Day. Anything's on the table right now. I do believe there'll be a season. It all depends on the virus. It all depends on the vaccines. And the league really needs fans in the stands. I think they can play without fans for a bit, but I don't think that's the preference for a whole season. I don't think they'll have to do that. The way things are going with the vaccines, it's it's good news. But, you know, I, I want to remind people, too, it's not a race for the double E. You know, I know a lot of teams have been busy, and it's exciting for those teams. But, you know, like last year, it was a slow start for Brock and and the re-signings. But once they happened, it was pretty steady, and they had a pretty good free agency. So, again, uh, the latest from the National Hockey League is a tentative agreement for a two with the end. So lots of details have to be sorted out, including the Canadian division. And that's going to be decided hopefully as late as Monday. And there's expected to be a board of governors call or vote either Sunday or Monday. You know what? This was fun. Always enjoy filling in for Reed Wilkins in the big comfy chair. Used to be at 6.30, Chad, at our studios. It's in my basement office, in, and I do have a big comfy chair. It's nice. So I'll be back on uh, Monday doing sports on Global News Radio, and I'll be filling in for Brendan Escott Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on 6.30, Chad Afternoons with Jalen and I. It was so much fun. Thank you again for our technical producer, Angie Quinnell. I'm Dave Campbell. Reed Wilkins returns 6.05 on Monday night, and that's also the last night uh, for this portion of the uh, year for um, the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.